All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Hi, Priyanka! And welcome back, Sean Hayes, actor Sean Hayes, actor, comedian, entrepreneur Sean Hayes. You see that? Oh, you hear those snaps? How are those you? Are, that's me snapping. Oh that's how snappy I feel. Your wrist, it's moving so quickly. Your arms, your forearms, you must be doing really well. You know, I'm going to PT and it's going well. Oh, great. So did the numbness go away? I think my, my, I'm using my shoulder wrong. So like mm. when I play or when I type or when I text or when I use mm-hmm. my right mm-hmm. arm because I'm my right arm dominant, I'm mm-hmm. using everything wrong. I'm like mm. not using my back and my shoulder and my, you know what I mean? I'm using all so my. She's basically like, you're all wrong, Sean. Like, I'm all wrong. Just, you should like, just start you over. You could have just talked to Priyanka. <laughs> she could have told you that. Uh, oh, but, but anyway, that's, it's that getting must better. Be such a relief, such a bicep relief, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually doing decent. Oh, you look lighter. You look like. You've been released of some burden. Because I'm staring at a gorgeous doctor named Priyanka Wallen. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, did you did you notice I don't have my neck collar on? Anymore? Yes. What happened? Is it all better? I got it off. Yeah. No, I, I wore it for the 10 days that I was supposed to. Have you worn a neck collar before, right? You were clowning around. Yeah, I was I was clowning around. Yeah. Yes, I wore a neck thing when I was doing a, another Broadway show and I my back we talked about this, I think my back. Yeah, froze there's a up photo and, of you in a hospital yeah. bed and a and neck I'm, collar, right? And the pizza got delivered. Someone brought a hospital yeah, bed to your house. There's a photo of me in a hospital in every single hospital in America, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We can't stop eating pizza in Chicago. Well, isn't that what, she, that's what Chicago's yeah. known for, it's the deep the best. dish pizza, right? It's so good. <laughs> I can't say. I know. What's, your, what's your comfort, what's your go-to comfort food? Oh, nowadays, yeah. I I eat a various uh, types of cheeses from all <laughs> all sorts I mean, of like that's your goat, comfort food is cheese. cheese. Oh, yeah. No, I eat lots and lots that's of cheese. That's not comfort I love food. Cheese. How is that not a comfort food? That's not comfort food. That's like, what is, I'm, what is I'm, a a, I'm, I'm, I'm an older um, now that I'm older and mature, I can I can dabble in cheeses and wines and crackers. That's not yeah, comfort food. That's comfort a real food is luxury. like no comfort food is like mac and cheese and like hot okay, beef sandwiches so, and like burgers. And yeah, spaghetti. so you're basically describing like but like carbs. That yes, that's like the, the <laughs> so that's you're basically ca- asking me like what are the carbs that you you're eat? describing my my uh, meal menu for the for the week. Gosh, I mean. I don't know. I really like, um, I mean, when I'm really like, I love a very good ribeye steak. Yes. I mean, like a really nice, or when, you know, like a nice fatty piece of lamb. I really like that. I mean, yeah. you caught me that one time when I was, when I was roasting a lamb. <laughs> oh, so that's I mean, right. yeah, especially in the winter time when it's so cold, I feel, I, I really love cooking like stews for hours and hours and hours. I find that to be so comforting. But so pizza is your comfort food, huh? I mean, I've not- or mac real, and cheese, what is it? I love Kraft mac and cheese, just the boxes. I oh, eat a whole box. the original Kraft. I, yes. You don't even get like the fancy no, cheeses. No. I mean, come on. Here's the thing about Kraft. You know, here's the thing about, by the way, they're not even a sponsor. I'm just oh, talking. Oh, right. No, no, no. This is, this is real Sean talking. Yeah, this is old school from when you were a kid. But here's what I don't understand. Yeah. Those boxes, man. Mac and cheese, 
Mm. I eat a whole box. Like, I don't mm. understand how they're like, feeds a family of four. Oh, I don't yeah, understand no, how it feeds like a family of four. Nor- what? No, yeah. That's like a bite no, no, no. or two what bites. What kind of family is that? No. No, totally. I completely Since agree. we're being totally honest, I could probably eat two boxes in one sitting. I mean, let's be honest. You probably have eaten two boxes I'm going to be even further sitting. honest. I've eaten two boxes. I've eaten two boxes <laughs> yes, in one sitting. Yes, you have. Oh, wait, yeah. is Scotty on the same page as you? Does he like Kraft Mac and Cheese? He loves all that his- shit, but he's like, I love salad. I'm like, you do? And he, he goes, oh. I love Brussels sprouts and asparagus. And I'm like, Really? Oh, I love Brussels sprouts and asparagus too. Like a really nice, good roasted Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Oh, mm. Anyway. Okay, so, but enough about food, Sean. How about yeah. our guest today? <gasps> Heather McMahon. Oh my gosh, she is so funny. She's hilarious. By the way, yeah, we do that every time. We say the name of the guest and we want to talk about them, but we should got to wait. No, 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 we'll here. can it, we'll can it. We'll can it, can it. All right, before we get to our guest, let's hear from our listeners. The first recorded message is from someone named Melissa. Let's listen. Hi, Sean and Priyanka. My name is Melissa, and a few weeks ago, I went to the doctor because I thought I might have some toenail fungus, Uh, Mm -hmm. and the doctor looked at my toes, and he said, did you get really, really sick about six to nine months ago? (gasps) And I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't think so, you know? Uh, And he goes on to explain that these horizontal lines across the middle of my toes on my right foot are something they see when someone has experienced some sort of, like, intense illness or injury, And he said, basically, your body decides to temporarily stop Mm. growing your toenails because it needs to focus on some other things. And as Mm. he's explaining this, I realized, oh, yeah, something definitely happened to me six months ago. And I told him my best friend died very suddenly. uh, Mm. And he said, yep, that would do it. So because of all of this, the lines uh, can sometimes cause your nail to lift a little bit, and it makes it Mm -hmm. an easy target for toenail fungus. So I actually do have that now. Um, but I thought this story was like so weird and I wanted to share just how resilient our bodies can be and how wild it was that my body mm-hmm. was like trying to take care of me even if I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, grief is wow. just so, so weird and I'm still figuring it out. But who knew you could be so sad you give yourself toenail fungus? Like how yeah. wild mm. is that? That's Anyways, crazy. My friend who died oh. would think all of this is totally hilarious, um, by the way. But Thanks so much. You guys are great. That's my story. Uh, love you. Bye. That's so oh, great, wow. Melissa, that you shared that with him. Thank you, Melissa, for that one. Here's what I don't understand about her story. Any of it. Okay, so I believe the medical term for what Melissa is describing, it's actually, they're called Bose lines. B-E-A-U apostrophe S, Bose lines. Bose so lines. They're these little grooves or kind of furrows that go across the middle of the nail from one side to the other. And mm-hmm. it happens in people who have undergone a serious illness or trauma, like a heart attack, or they were s- sick in the ICU. Or in Melissa's case, it was severe emotional trauma from the death of okay, a friend. Okay, so that's and- what I didn't understand. So the stress of losing her friend made her sick. Yeah, so basically the whatever illness or trauma it produces temporary inflammation in the nail bed matrix basically and then that causes the nail to temporarily stop growing. That's it's so called crazy. Bose lines by this French physician. So because she was stressed out about loss, losing a friend by the way Melissa I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. I know. Um, that's yeah. very sad. But because of that 
it her toenails lifted up? I don't understand. Basically, yeah, they temporarily stopped growing. And then once the stress went down, they restarted. But what was left was this little groove, this little furrow that Jeez. showed that there was an arrest in growth. Okay, so when Isn't I did Will and that is fascinating. When I did Will and Grace, the guy, the yeah. actor who played my dad, was named uh-huh. Bo Bridges, and I would, oh, and uh-huh. I was like, "Are these?" And I looked at the script. I said, "Are these my lines? Or are they?" Oh, Sean, Bo's lines. Can't, we can't be. Come on, it. we can't. Are they Bo's lines? It. That's, That's it. it. Moving on. Melissa, thank you for your message. Recorded a message number two from someone named Megan. Let's listen. Hi, Sean and Dr. Wally. I just wanted to say I love your podcast. So here's my story. I was um, in my mid-40s a couple of years ago, and I was uh, just finished my morning meditation, and I was on the phone with a friend when I felt a little bit short of breath. So I hung up, and I just laid down for a couple of minutes on my side. I felt a little bit better, but that tightness was still there. But I went to work Mm -hmm. as normal. I don't normally overreact to any kind of health issues. I try to ignore it till it goes away. But it kept persisting. So I checked my left arm thinking, could this be a stroke? Am I having a heart attack? That, that nothing happened. I drank a Sprite thinking I had like air, but it, that didn't fix it. And so finally I called my godmother. She's my doctor. And she said, just go to the emergency room to rule out any kind of emergency. So after they did all the tests in the emergency room, the doctor came back and said that my lung had collapsed. <gasps> I'm fine now. I had to spend a couple of days in the hospital with a tube stuck in my side to get the lung to stick back to where it belongs. But the funny right. thing was that every doctor that came in to see me in the hospital, they would ask, okay, so um, do you smoke? And I said, no, I've never smoked before. I've never even tried it. And then they would lift mm. their eyebrows knowingly and say anything. And I don't smoke that either. So uh, they never figured out actually what that caused it. It was just random. And now I just kind of check my breath every once in a while to make sure that I can take a full breath. And thanks mm. again for your podcast. I love it. And keep healthy. Thank you. Bye. Thanks mm, for wow. the message, Megan. Megan. So she, what? I don't understand. It just randomly collapsed. How can it randomly collapse? And what does it mean when it collapses? Yeah, yeah, totally. So what Megan is describing is called, it's called a pneumo, the medical term for a collapsed lung is called pneumothorax. Pneumo thorax, meaning uh, air. Pneumothorax, yeah. The thorax, yeah. yeah. And so Megan's describing what's called a spontaneous pneumothorax. And there is literally, Sean, a laundry list of things that can cause spontaneous pneumothorax. Sure, uh, drug use like smoking, anything or snorting cocaine or anything that can definitely collapse a lung, but there's a whole other bunch of long lists, like infections, like tuberculosis, anyone that has underlying lung disease, like asthma, COPD, okay. cystic fibrosis, even diving down deep into the ocean or why would you uh, jumping do that? off of a plane. Why would you yeah, do any of that? Any I mean, so many connective tissue diseases, uh, anything that causes inflammation. So it goes on and on and on the list. So yeah. there could have been anything and very rarely you can have a spontaneous pneumothorax without identifying the cause. It affects 1.2 women per 100,000 in the United States. Wait, 1.2 every 100,000. Yeah. So it just happens for no reason. I know. You know what's interesting about Megan's story, though? How convenient to have your godmother be yeah, your Yeah, that's doctor. what I hooked in. I was like, oh, my God. She just, like, she, she's just like, yeah, just go get yourself checked out. That's yeah, what it's like to have a doctor in the family. Oh, thanks. I know. I'm calling you to check me out. She's like, yeah, I no, go to, the, go to the hospital. Just go to the ER. You are my hospital. 
I know, I know. But uh, so many interesting facets to that story. Number one, uh, what were you talking to your friend about? Can you imagine this conversation? Because she was yeah. she was having a conversation with her friend. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, this conversation is collapsing if, my lung. What if Megan? What if Me- what if Melissa's story, our first caller, gave was talking to Megan, <laughs> Megan and made her right. stressed out, and then Megan's fucking lung collapsed. Totally. Oh, God. you know what was also interesting about Megan's story and call was the fact that multiple doctors kept asking Megan the same, same question. questions. Like she like said, smoking, no, I don't smoking. smoke. I don't do any of that. And, and, and they persisted. Right. And if you're ever going to be honest with anybody, it's so funny how we're all honest with our doctors and sometimes we're not yes. honest in like relationships with friends or family or lovers or whoever totally. it is. It's like, cause you're yeah. like, Oh man, a doctor, I better be honest. Cause I want to get better. Totally. You know, I remember in medical school, they once taught us, they said, like, when you ask a, a patient about their social history, like how much alcohol they drink yep. or how, uh-huh. many, how many drugs they use, I remember so clearly being told in med school that whatever number the person says, just double it. Because that's well, probably really? the, the I real... I thought you were going to say, don't react to make them feel bad. <laughs> well, obviously, that is that is like, yes, you should Let's try, try and withhold okay, wait, judgment. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. So I'm going to be the doctor, okay? And you be the patient. And I'm going to be and, the and patient. And you're, you're okay. like a drug addict or whatever, okay? So, um, yes, okay. Um, thank you for seeing me. How many... Well, um, I don't, how, wait, we don't use the term drug addict anymore. Okay, we so, use people with substance, with substance abuse, abuse disorders. Okay. All right, so we're going to try this. I'm, I'm going to do the reaction that you're not supposed to do. I'm the doctor okay. and you're... The, okay. the the patient and you okay. um, uh, substance abuse okay so okay. hi uh, miss uh, hi miss uh, Wally tell me tell me yes. what's the problem yes hey Sean mm-hmm. hey Sean huh? hey doctor hey, hey. Sean doctor yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 okay yeah. okay oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, do you okay, smoke okay. anything do you smoke anything oh I mean no I mean I mean maybe like you know a little bit nothing of what? too of pot? nothing too crazy yeah like I'm mean, just a, a reefer here what <laughs> so the doctor shouldn't say that shouldn't react like that. <laughs> No, you should definitely try and withhold judgment as much right. as possible. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, thanks for your calls. It's been a pleasure. Please keep calling in, guys, if you have great stories. The number to leave us a message is 1-323-529-6031. That, again, is 1-323-529-6031. Keep sharing your stories. We love it. Let's get to our guest. We are supported by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because in the morning, I'm always in a rush. I don't have time with all the supplements and all the bottles, and then you play them out and you gotta take them. So I know that one glass of AG1 in my body handles all of that. It's so nice and convenient. So what is the stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know after I take it, it helps with my digestion. It helps my energy. I love how simple it is. And it tastes delicious. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
We are supported by Harry's. So, you know, Sean, what is the best part about self-acceptance? It really empowers a person when you know exactly who you are and you love yourself enough to be comfortable in your own skin. It's so empowering. Everyone deserves to feel comfortable in their own skin. That's why Harry's donates 100% of the profits from their Shave with Pride set to the Trevor Project. I love them for that. I'm all in. You know, my grooming routine supports my sense of self-worth because when you do something to make yourself feel good, everybody can see it. Mm. So I start my morning with a Harry's razor. I love the feeling of it in my hand. It fits perfectly and against my skin, Mm. it feels so good. It's everything you need for a great shave and nothing but that. And Harry's blades hold up better than ever. Guys who've tried it say their eighth shave is as sharp as their first. That's true. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry and they're still offering a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Right now, Harry's is giving their best offer to our listeners. First time Harry's customers can redeem a starter set, a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com slash hypo. Feel good in your own skin for more reasons than one with Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash hypo today to get your starter set for just $3. That's harrys.com slash hypo. Our guest today is a comedian. She's a writer. She's an actress. She most recently starred in the Netflix holiday movie Love Hard and hosts her very own hilarious podcast. Absolutely not. It's the incredibly funny Heather McMahon. Hi, Heather. Hi. Hi. How we doing? Good. How are you, honey? Look at that. Look at your cool shirt. It's like a, what is that, leopard skin? Yes, yes. And And your hair. You started to flip your hair. Your hair is cute, too. Yeah, we're we're doing the most today. How are we doing? No, I'm loving this. Welcome to the show, Heather. So nice to meet you. I'm such a huge fan. Oh, my God. Well, so nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on a medical show because I'm dead inside after going to the Masters this weekend, so. (laughs) Wait a minute. I read just the title of your tour, and I laughed out loud. It's your very first tour, stand-up tour, and it's called Heather McMahon, The Farewell Tour. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's hilarious. I figured Elton John's been calling his the farewell tour for like the last 40 well, years. And share. Yes, it's yes. so true. <laughs> yeah, and, and people yeah. keep grasp like grappling for tickets every year. So I was like, let's sell this out by just calling it the farewell tour. And I was like, <laughs> it's the first and maybe the last. I don't know how, you know, if the I road will that. kill me. I yeah. love that. I I, love you're it. so you're so funny. Wait, so tell me, how do you because pre- I always wanted this about stand-ups, how do you prepare for that? Do you try stuff out first or like open mics or whatever? Or do you write it, trust it, and then off you go on the tour? It's a little mixed bag, right? So, yeah. I mean, I come from the stand-up world, but also, like, a lot of it is just writing for a bit, trying chunks out. I try a lot of it out, too, on Instagram and figure out, like, what works, yeah. what doesn't. And then you yeah. take it out for a couple weeks before you, like, put the whole show together. And then most comedians will tell you they write 90% of it on stage while you're doing it, which is dangerous. No but that's how you figure it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. would scare the crap out of me. See, now that's fascinating because acting and stand-up, right? So you're also an yeah. actor. Yes. And where does the love lie for you first? Because I'm an actor. I much prefer things being written and, try, you know, and discussed right. and then you perform it. You know, I love both. I mean, I'm, I'm an improviser at the end of the day, right? So for me, mm-hmm. if somebody like throws away the script and they're like, you know, give me a couple things about a character, that really brings me joy. That's a challenge. Ooh, I love that too. That's yeah. super fun. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, uh, listen, I think comedians can always do dramatic things. Dramatic actors always, can't always be funny so yes. I like challenging mm. myself yes. I'm like give me something dramatic like a soap opera I'm yes. ready to go yes yes okay so I have to say something about that because this is fascinating to me I think it's so funny like when let's say 
Um, Morgan Freeman, who's one of the greatest actors of all time. Okay, let's of just course. pick Morgan Freeman, who I, I did a movie with, I totally respect, I love him. So let's say Morgan Freeman, who's known for his dramatic work, right? We right. celebrate for his, so he goes on a talk show mm-hmm. and he says something tiny, tiny funny and everybody laughs and goes, oh my God, and he can do comedy. <laughs> right, they okay? love and him. And then you get a funny person yep. who goes on a talk show and maybe tries to say something serious and people at home go, well, he wasn't very funny. Yeah, kind of boring. And it's like, so true. what? <laughs> it's yeah. such a catch twenty two. But the funny thing right. is, if you ever watch like SNL and you watch some of like the the top, like the most incredible Oscar winning actors of our time, yes. try and host SNL. It's a yeah. train wreck. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. But all comedy is rooted in something probably dark and right. a little right. bit sad. Yeah. So I right. feel like we can always go there. We can always yes. take it to the next level. Totally. What are you okay or most comfortable talking about? That's a little bit of dark darkness that you found comedy from. You know, I lost my dad six years ago to cancer and I found that the funniest, most insane, ridiculous moments of my life happened while we were going through that. The grief process is the wildest. Yes. Just, I mean, you have to say that God has a sense of humor because he wouldn't put Mm -hmm. you through this stuff. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of my standup is, is kind of rooted or in like that experience of going through that. And it totally changed my life and gave me a whole new perspective and point of view. I so relate wow, my, yeah. my, my mom going through Alzheimer's, she passed away like three or four years ago and had lived with Alzheimer's dementia for years and years. So right. we, so you, you cry and cry and cry. And then when you, you're tired of crying, you got to start making yourself laugh and making yeah. her yeah. laugh. And she made me laugh. Heather, do you remember the very first time you did stand up and got on stage? Was it a positive experience or was it challenging? Yeah, no, it was actually wild. So I did stand up when I was a junior. I roasted the senior class at my prom. And no, I remember, nice. yes, like, which is, can you imagine like the most awkward, this could go so wrong on so many different right. levels. Yeah. And right. I got up and I did like a 15 minute set and I roasted the senior class and it went over amazingly. Nice. And I remember walking off stage going, I have to chase that high for the rest of my life. Ooh. I was like, if that's right. crack, I need that. And <laughs> I was really like, just, you know, get the veins open. I'm ready to go. I, that, that was the pinnacle moment for me where I was like, I have to do comedy forever. That's yeah, great. Totally. You know, they always say, uh, you don't find stand up it finds you and then once yeah. you but get the once you get bitten that's it you're you're on yeah, I mean, it's like I've never been able to get rid of my eczema, but it's like this. I'm having a flare-up. Like, you just uh-huh. get on stage, and when you feel the lights, and these these shows have been so amazing, and the response has been so unreal, and then you get that first laugh. You're like, oh, this is the best day ever. Well, speaking, day speaking of eczema, yeah. I know you yeah. wanted to talk about freezing your <laughs> eggs. Yes. Okay. So, listen, I don't Wait, even know yeah, where to begin. I, I'm, by the way, I do. What yeah. the hell does that entail? <laughs> Why do you want to do it? How do you Sean do it? Knows Fascinating. Nothing, so, Sean, I'm my, right there with you. My uterus freeze froze up years ago. <laughs> I'll just break down the basic process and, you know, just a like gender inclusive disclaimer, you know, for this conversation we'll use the term women, but because that's what's described in the trials, but you know, I think we also recognize that not all people capable of pr- pregnancy identify as women. But essentially the process of egg freezing goes, the first step is you stimulate the ov- ovaries which contain these little follicles which are the little fluid filled sacs that have the immature eggs and there are thousands of follicles in an ovary. And so you first take hormones to basically get the follicles to grow and then the second step is you retrieve them surgically it's it's like a needle that takes out all the eggs and then what you do with the eggs you can just put them on ice or if you have a sperm handy you can you 
put the eggs and the sperm together and you have little embryos. Like who wouldn't have a sperm handy? Right. right. <laughs> Everybody's got a sperm so, handy. So that's kind of a egg freezing 101 basic. How many eggs does a woman produce? Okay, well, Heather, this is where your story comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So he- here's what I have learned. I've turned 35 this year and I started, mm-hmm. I went through fr- freezing my eggs at the top of last year. I did not know what I didn't know that I didn't know about fertility, about the female reproductive hormones. They don't teach you shit in school. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to be honest. It or is med so insane. For that matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> truly. Like I had no idea. And my gynecologist had flagged it for me. He's like, Heather, your AMH, which is your anti-mullerian hormone, which I guess is mm-hmm. correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of like the telltale sign of what your ovarian reserve looks like, right? Yeah, it's a rough marker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need to freeze your eggs or think about doing this or think about having a baby tomorrow because this number is really low. So mm-hmm. I go in thinking that I'm going to be super proactive. I'm like, I'm about to go on tour. I'm going to get mm-hmm. a bunch of eggs and put them in a bunch of surrogates. And I'm going to come back after doing this comedy tour. And I'm going to be like Chris Jenner with a clan of like, you know, Kardashians <laughs> ready to work. Like I was like, I had it all planned out. Keeping up with the McMahons. Yeah, truly, yeah. truly. Um, and then I get in there and they're like, you have such a low egg count. So I had to do such an intensive prep. I was on testosterone for a month and a half, which made me go Uh, absolutely nuts. I was horny. I was angry. It was wild. (laughs) That's like a Monday for me. So, but wait, now go back because I don't understand. And I want you to keep going the story, but I have to interject with why do you want to freeze eggs? Why does a woman want to freeze eggs? Because you, what? Because you want to donate them? Because you want to have lots of kids? Because what? So I just want to chime in and say that sometimes there are medical indications. Like mm-hmm. if someone is about to undergo, let's say chemotherapy, for example, and, and you're going to take medications that might impact your fertility, or you're going to have some kind of surgical procedure. Sometimes okay. there's a medical indication to freezing your eggs if you're planning on having kids later. Uh-huh. Um, and then, But then there are also non-medical reasons. Like sometimes people just want to defer childbirth for for whatever reason. Heather, I'm curious about your your reasons. Yeah, because if you wanted to defer it for like a week, you wouldn't put them in the freezer, you just put them in the fridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah, so I did it because, you know, like I've hit this weird stride in my career where, you know, selfishly, I'm like, I have to be on the road. And f- anybody who's been on the road knows it's so physically taxing. And I said, it's all awful. right, I'm turning. Yeah, it's awful. And listen, I, I joke. I have this joke in my show. I'm an old egg. My mom had me at 40. She had no problem getting pregnant. But then uh-huh. I went to start freezing my eggs and we had to do it multiple times because my eggs were not reacting to the medicine. And when I say they're beefing you up on drugs, I was on five shots a day, human growth hormone. I mean, I went absolutely out of my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was yeah. sweating. I was growing a mustache. I was like, let's get these <laughs> yeah. eggs. My poor yeah, you husband. Mentioned testosterone. You mentioned <laughs> testosterone earlier, but um, women are usually given testosterone because it can improve the response to the egg retrieval. So it's sort of like this adjunct therapy. Yeah. I just started doing CrossFit. So I don't know if it worked well for me with the eggs. Um, but I did all this prep. So I was on a couple months of prep. And so I did it the first round. I did the first round of shots. And again, mm-hmm. I'm married. My husband and I were like, let's get some eggs. Because essentially, to answer your question, John, my doctor said, Heather, if you don't do this now, I'm really worried about you not having a chance of getting pregnant later because on of, down Because the of your workload and the stress yeah. and all that. Yes. And also because I had a very low egg count. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it. most women have a lot of eggs. If you have a low ovarian reserve, you have just a few eggs. So you got to work with the ones that you have when you have them. Because essentially, eat. as you get older, they, yeah, they, they go away. They're less quality. Yeah. You rotten eggs. 
the, yeah, the quantity eggs, goes truly. down, but there's also like a quality issue that they can they can have more issues with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, okay, uh, listen, I have a theater degree from the University of Mississippi, okay? I'm not a rocket scientist. <laughs> but I was so, I was so shocked at the fact that I was like a, one of the best doctors in Atlanta and they just sent me home with a bunch of syringes, vials of drugs, and like a loose pamphlet of instructions. I'm like, I'm a oh, civilian. Wow. At really? no point should I just be mixing these drugs together myself. Right. Like, it was wild. They're like, no, you've got it. You can figure it out. So I oh, did wow. the first round. Thought I was fine. Would mix the drugs. I thought I was being proactive. I would like put them on my Williams Sonoma cookie sheet every day, and then put them in the fridge. <laughs> right. Oh man! I did. <laughs> ding, and then the timer dings. And you're no, like- literally, literally. <laughs> like in, like I would lay them in the. You know, like I feel like every every woman has a white refrigerator in her garage. At least in the South, they do. Yeah. And like I would, I would put my Williams Sonoma cookie sheet on top of my Pamplemousse Lacroix, and just like let them sit there. <laughs> But I didn't know that you weren't supposed to pre-batch the drugs. So I would Uh mix the drugs together, let them sit out for a couple hours. So I did four weeks of drugs the wrong way and oh they, it didn't work oh, so oh, i go in for my egg retrieval but you had all the side effects too it's not that oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, i was beefed up i was losing my mind so here i am thinking i'm doing it right by the directions playing by the rules and thank god actually the nurse listened to my podcast so she comes in because the, the doctor's like we don't see any growth in these eggs we don't know what to do and the nurse comes in she's like i'm probably like violating hipaa violations but i'm a big fan i listen to your podcast and i heard you saying that you're being proactive by mixing it all together but you're absolutely not supposed to do that oh god like, it, oh wow so this yo, is like I the threw, first time in entertainment history that your podcast like actually saved your life yeah. yes saved it welcome to <laughs> so absolutely I, not with heather mcmahon I, I, truly <laughs> oh wow I threw, basically, it was like throwing thousands of dollars down the drain because I didn't read the directions oh, right. Wow. Oh, my God. That sounds exactly like me. Anytime there's directions for anything, I handed my husband, I'm like, I'm, I, this makes me want to take a Yeah, nap. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I just want to say this isn't your fault. I mean, you're not a trained medical professional. You, you know, this is the first time you've been told to inject yourself with a bunch of things. Like... You know, I, I think this might have been a bit of a failure on the the, the medical system because the, I think they should have been the ones to educate you as the patient, right? Yeah. I totally agree. They sent me like a link to watch a video. And then I had, when I shared this through like my comedy and, and yeah. Instagram and stuff. And it was like, it was like an old yeah. Betty Boop cartoon. Yeah. You're like, what's this? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, I don't know what oh, these, man. oh yeah. Well, Lucille Ball is going to help me do with freezing my eggs right now, but sure. Wow. Um, I mean, it was just, it was insane. So then I went and did it again. Yeah. And after that, I was like, challenge accepted. I messed this up the first time. And I talked to so many other women that were like, yeah, well, nobody knows. They just kind of send you home blindly with like loose instructions yeah but wow. then the second time i did it i was i mean listen praise god a little bit of a medical anomaly there when they went in to retrieve the eggs because we were going to mm-hmm. make embryos so we're mm-hmm. going to make mm-hmm. make babies if you will oh my god this is right. like alien yeah yeah truly totally they said you only have one that we can see so <gasps> most just people one. sean just for just for reference sean a lot of women and correct me if i'm wrong there's usually like 11 20 like some people get like 30 eggs Wow, right. I yeah. thought you know, I thought there was like thousands because isn't there like thousands and thousands and thousands of sperm? I thought there was that many that many for eggs too. That many yeah, eggs. Yeah, yeah. So but there's so not. wow. Well, I mean, on a positive note, at least you had one, right? I mean, it would have yeah. been awful if there had been zero, right? 
But so the good thing was they said there's only one. It's a, like Hail Mary. The, the statistic of this actually turning into an embryo is like slim to none. But I said, I'm already under the influence of these drugs. Let's go. I love a medically induced nap sometimes. Like put me under. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. So they went in. They were able to get three eggs and then one of them survived and made a healthy embryo so the wild thing is after going through this whole experience i have one wow. baby girl on ice wait and what? Can, oh my gosh yes they can tell you too it's a daughter wait congratulations when? How old? congratulations how Thank old and like five seconds old basically and frozen well, right yeah she's frozen but i already said i'm gonna be a terrible mother because i walked out i was so excited <laughs> to find out that i had like a, a a little girl and i didn't even ask what refrigerator she's in like i have wait, no idea wait, where wait, she i don't is. understand wait 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 i'm i'm such a dumb okay. dumb i thought it worked you froze the egg the sperm and the thing blah 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 it's a girl yeah. and it's growing and or you had her already no, or whatever no no, no, no. i'm ice. not pregnant it's on ice how so do you know that it's a girl? They can test. They can for do it. genetic testing to determine the, that the egg, but the egg isn't yeah. fertilized yet. No, it no, is. No, it, it is. It's an embryo now. So oh, the oh, egg and an sperm embryo. have become Good an embryo. God, and they I can slow. do little genetic tests on that. Yeah, it's okay. amazing. Wow, so, so it's a girl. This is so thrilling. Isn't it wild too? Yeah, yeah. Like, so what is your relationship to this embryo? Like, have you already named her? Do you, you know, do you have plans for her already? <sighs> Here's the thing. The cynic in me, the comedian in me is like, I'm going to use this material. I have not, we have not implanted it. Like, I don't know what that looks like yet, but I was like, just having this knowledge. I mean, it's really weird when they call you and they're like, do you want to know the sex? And I'm like, yes. And I think it's uh -huh. so much wilder to think, you know, when my other girlfriends have gotten pregnant, they have to wait a while, but it's like, I already right. know that I have a daughter, you know, uh -huh. I, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but it is the yeah. wildest thing to yeah. think I have a daughter. She's That's, sitting in that, a freezer. That is crazy. Start looking at colleges <laughs> yeah. now. Start looking at, put, put her on lists. IVF as a concept is totally wild. I mean, it think wild. about it. Like yeah. we yeah. take out, we, we get women and we squeeze out their eggs and then we mix it with a sperm outside and then we make a baby and then we put it back in the belly. I mean, that to me it is, is crazy. just a totally crazy concept. Yeah. And so wait, so, 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 okay. So dumb, dumb. I'm yeah. the biggest dumb, dumb. You're fine. So now it's in the freezer somewhere next yes. to like some, you know, Fisher. Next to the ice cream. Next yeah. to fish the hog and dogs yeah. and the fish <laughs> And so, and then you take it out and you put it in your womb when yeah. you're ready, whenever you're ready to do it. Yes, and I don't really know what the process of actually putting it back inside. I don't mm -hmm. even know what that looks like. What, mm -hmm. what, what, what should I expect? I'll do it. I, I, see where, I see where this so, is going. I'll do it. So, okay, great, yeah, great, so great, there's going to be a set of hormones that you would take to kind of prepare the womb for implantation. Okay. And yeah, I, I, I'm not too familiar with, you know, I would definitely say you read the instructions on that one because you have Fair one enough. shot to make it work, you know, and I don't, I don't yeah. know the statistics read, of how often they send you successful. another video and you're like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. I got to do this yeah, myself. No. You got like a mirror down there with like a stick and you can't. Yeah. Okay. No, truly. At this point, I feel like I could do anything though. And again, you don't have to answer this or we can cut this out, but do you, do you want to put the, do you want to put your daughter back in you or do you think you'll use a surrogate or what are your thoughts and about all of that? The wild thing is, again, because, you know, women, we have to make these sacrifices and these choices in our life. Yeah. It's right. like your career or a family or how do you meld the two? I mean, as a comedian, of course, every single person that's ever come to one of my shows wants to see me pregnant because they're like, material, material. We want to see oh, her go yeah. through this. <laughs> um, 
the w- wild thing was again, but being proactive was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm ne- I'm not gonna carry my own kid, right? And it wasn't for selfish reasons. It was just, I mean, plenty of people can, you know, choose to have a surrogate for any amount of reasons. But I was like, I'm on the road. It's so incredibly intense and and it's physically demanding. But then my doctor was like, you have a great uterus. He's like, you have the best uterus I've ever seen. Your womb <laughs> is Rolls prime. Royce of uteruses. Yeah, he was like, you've got the shoulders to carry a five year old on your back across the desert. Like you were built. To to breed and what feed if, a village. What if the doctor was like, she's already five years old, we're still going to put her in your uterus? Yes. You, yeah. could, you could do it. If anybody could do it, you could do it. Exactly. Well, so it sounds like your doctor gave you a real pep talk. Yeah. So he's like, you've got this. You can do it. So we're going to see. Now, I don't know when I'm going to wake up and have that aha moment where like today's the day I'm ready. Because, you know, in this business, you never know. Right. But it is wild to think she's there. And again, I don't know what freezer she's in. I'm not actually sure who I'm even supposed to call to like defrost her. (laughs) But either way, I know that she's out there. And and when I'm ready, she'll, she'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, she's waiting for you. Yeah, you need to yeah, put her on the that's... center rack and the yeah. center rack in the middle of the oven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 yeah. minutes. At 3.50. I wonder if yeah. the test tube has that new baby smell. I love the ba- babies always <laughs> smell good. I've never smelled a, a, a bad that's, baby what, smell. What a fascinating story. Oh, my God. That's so that's incredible. Crazy. So yeah, that's I feel like absolutely. the moral of the story is, A, read the directions. Yeah. B, Ask questions. Like, I was like, I'm good. Mm. I'm good. I was like, I don't want to ask too many questions. Ask all of the questions. Yes. Totally. Three, phone a friend. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> yeah. they're need, like, you know, <laughs> and it was really funny watching my husband go through it because he, you know, he was like, I can't do the needles. And I will say this after shooting myself up and, and, and having to give yourself like five to six shots a day, I can do yeah. anything. Like women were already mm-hmm. very strong, but yeah. now I'm like, please throw anything at me. I've got yeah. this. Like we yeah. can do it. Yeah. Let's roll. I love that. Wow. I love that. You I know, um, that. to that point too, about asking questions, I always do now before I go to a doctor or even before sometimes I talk to Priyanka is I'll actually physically write out questions Smart. because I don't want to wait until I'm in the moment and forget, oh shoot, and on the way home, I wanted to ask that too. So I always Definitely. write them out before I go. That's For whatever that's I, worth. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who like, you go into the hostel with your birthing plan. Like everyone's like, type yeah. it out, you know, have it laminated. And then of course that always gets ripped to shreds. But yeah. Yeah. I like that. Go in with like actual written out questions. That's smart. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, totally. Wow. I love that. Any uh, crazy ER stories? Oh yeah, crazy ER stories. Yeah. So I think this kind of ties into the fertility. Okay. I was flying to London, 2019, flying to London, and I we literally take off. Okay, I'm, I'm flying out of JFK. We take off. All of a sudden, I feel this pain that I've never felt before in my life, and I hadn't felt very good th- through the day. But I was like, again, women, you're like, it's probably surrounding my period. Like, just buck up, mm-hmm. handle it. So we're mm. up in the air and I and I literally am like, I have to ask for help. I'm panicking. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. It feels like my appendix is ruptured. Oh. So I oh, go no. up to the front. I ask one of the, yeah, I ask one of the lovely flight attendants, hey, I hate to do this, but something's happening. And now we're over like international waters. I'm like, I need help. They oh, call shoot. a nurse on board. And they're like, put your mask back on. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is before masks. This is masks. 2019. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. 2019. <laughs> so a, a nurse comes up and she um, is feeling me around. She's like, it's not your appendix. But she's like, I think you're pregnant. I was like, there's no way I'm pregnant. There's no way I'm pregnant. She says, uh, she, in, in a sweet British accent, she goes, I think there's a baby stuck in your fallopian tube, which is typically, <laughs> and it's an atopic e- pregnancy. Ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, ectopic. <laughs> 
So I keep telling this woman, I'm not pregnant. I like, I I am not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. And they end up having to like put me on oxygen and we landed Heathrow. I'm in so much pain. I can't even see straight. How long, how long of the uh, seven hours you were in pain for seven hours. Seven hours. Yes, we're too far at this point to turn around. And the sad thing was, I did not even text my husband what was going on because I said, if he was in this position, like, what is he going to do? You know, he's just going to be freaking out. So I kind of like kept it to myself. And I was like, all right, we're just going to get to the hospital. We get, the wild thing is, if you you go to the hospital in, um, in London, they'll give you laughing gas as much as you want. So just a heads wow. up oh, again. Wow. Heads up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but it's good to know. <laughs> we land at the airport. I'm mortified. They're strapping me to a gurney. I'm like so mortified. I'm apologizing to everyone. Like I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. They get me to the hospital and they said I had an ovarian torsion. They think my ovary oh, flipped wow. upside down, literally yeah. in my body, twisted. How did that happen? I don't know any idea what what caused that for you yeah you're like other than the cartwheels I was doing up and down the aisles of the plane I mean yeah that could that could have done it for sure yeah um yeah training for Cirque du Soleil was not a great (laughs) idea right before a flight (laughs) they think it was maybe an ovarian cyst that had ruptured Uh, or an ovarian cyst that had twisted and made my ovary twist but by the time it had been so long and I was in like such excruciating pain for so long by the time I got to the hospital now this is the real this is a real kicker. The nurse or the doctor that they sent in, she said, ah, I don't have a light. Can I see your cell phone? She takes my cell phone, turns the flashlight on my cell phone to look up my vagina. No Uses way. Wow. Yes. And look, I, literally- I know the national health system, they, there are complaints, but that is some serious budgetary issues right there. No yeah. way. Oh, shit. She said, do you mind? And I said, please, ma'am, for the love of God, do not somehow snap a photo. This <laughs> is not going to help this. my career. <laughs> Your next Instagram post. You're like, oh my this is my, just imagine? landed in Heathrow, everybody. Hi. Just my vagina yeah. saying hi. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh my God. And I found out later on, they're like, there's nothing we could have done. Usually in this case, they give you a couple of muscle relaxers, painkillers, and send you home. Yeah. So it was just like this perfect storm of as soon as I got up, and I don't know if it had anything to do with the altitude, but my ovary flipped upside down, and it flipped back over, and they just sent me home with like a- And were you afraid about the flight back? A little bit, but like two days later on muscle relaxers, I was cruising. You know what I mean? You were fine. You were going through the uh, egg freezing process when this happened, right? No. Oh, this, this was, was pre-egg freezing, right? Because sometimes the induction hormones can lead to large follicular cysts, which can predispose someone to ovarian torsion. But this was pre-wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. And you had this never had that happen to you before. No, and I've had ovarian wow. cysts before in my life, uh-huh. but I had never wow. had a torsion. So this was just yeah. a random Tuesday going on vacation. Next thing you know, <laughs> I'm in the hospital with somebody looking up my vagina with my own phone light. Oh I my mean, God. It, yeah, I would have done but that you know for what? you for it free. It was Europe. I know you, you would know? have. And so, I mean, they they obviously didn't charge you for the visit, or if they did, it was probably like twenty pounds total for the. Let me tell you cost, something, right? Or did they I charge walk- you? No, I walked out with a banana, a granola bar, <laughs> right. and some muscle relaxers, and it cost me eight pounds. Eight pounds. No eight pounds. way. I'm telling you, yeah. the European healthcare system. But then they were also using your cell phone yeah. for a light. So it's like oh the trade-off. I mean, your you would have had to mortgage a house to get that kind of care in the United States. Oh, for sure. And half the time, I can't even, like, if I have a cyst come back, I can't even get in to see my gynecologist. You know, I'm on, like... Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. What a story. All right, we're going to play a game. Okay, let's do it. 
Let's go ahead and play a game. It's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions with possible points for creativity. If you don't know the answer, Sean, you're up first. Are you ready, Sean? Yes, I am. Okay. The first question, bromhidrosis is the medical term for what ailment? I'll spell it. Bromhidrosis, B-R-O-M-H-I-D-R-O-S-I-S. Oh, Oh, well, that helps. Okay. Bromhidrosis. I'll give you a hint. It's also known as osmidrosis or ozocrodia. Oh, for sure. Uh, Bromhidrosis is what? Bromhidrosis. Bromamine. Bromamine. Something like that. Maybe it's like something in the blood. Something to do with the blood. That is incorrect. So bromhidrosis is excessive foul-smelling sweat. Yes, How exactly. would you know that, Heather? I only know that because when you go to get Botox, they always have pamphlets about it. Do you excessively sweat? Get oh, some Botox in your armpits. So smart. I love it. <laughs> well, so God, Greek- but it, does, it say, does it say bromhidrosis on that pamphlet? It doesn't, no, but I've just says, heard the doctor it say it before. Hyperhidrosis is the yes. term for excessive sweating. So hydros, oh. hydros is the Greek word for sweat. Bromos is the Greek word for stench, smelling bad. So, so bromhidrosis so is, is, is bad is, smelling bad, sweat. It's, it's body smelling odor. Sweat. It's body odor. Very Oh, nice. that's B-O, how you remember yeah. it. Bromhidrosis. like brody roder. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Second question for Sean. What does the acronym SMH stand for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it stands for um, Sean S-M-H. Sean um, I don't know Sean something oh. Hayes. What oh, is it's it? It's shaking. It's shaking my head. SMH shaking my oh, head. Well, that, but what does you that have heard with this? Or yeah, what does that do with medical? S-M- I thought it was just a medical show. No, it's always the first questions that's medical, and then everything shaking else is head. pop culture. All right. And then SMDH shaking my damn head. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've, I've only done. Right. We've only done hundred episodes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> third question for Sean: Which play won the most awards, including best play, at the 64th annual Tonys that you hosted? Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, that's embarrassing. What play one? Oh my God, it was 12 years ago. It was, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, Fences? Was it Fences? Something like that? That is incorrect. The answer's Red. Oh, Red! I saw it! <laughs> good God, I can't believe it. With Alfred Molina and, and Eddie Redmayne. It was so good. Yes. Okay, Heather, you're up next. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. No, where, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> where on the human body is the latissimus dorsi muscle located? The latissimus dorsi. The latissimus dorsi muscle. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess dorsi, dorsal, something like a fin. Latissimus, I'm going to guess the middle of the back. What? Oh my God, that is 100% correct. Come on, correct. wait a minute. Yes, the answer is Who the are you? Very, How do you know good. that? I How love would you it. know that? Smart T, I Yo, love it. I went, I went to school in Mississippi. I'm like blowing my own mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So awesome. Okay, second question for Heather. As if is a statement that appears on what famous movie from the 1990s? Um, That would be my favorite movie of all time. And I thought (laughs) even as a chubby child in Atlanta, Georgia, in the fourth grade, I was Cher Horowitz. And my mom had to look me dead in my eyes and say, honey, you are not Cher. That would be clueless. I thought you were going to say your mom said, as if. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, truly, she did. (laughs) Such a good movie. It was was so defining. Iconic. Okay. Third question for you, Heather. Your yeah. movie Love Hard is oh, the mashup God. of what two Christmas movies? So it's a mashup of Die Hard and Love Actually. 
two of my that absolute favorite movies. <laughs> yes, and it's amazing. So That's, you killed it, Heather. Yeah, you won clearly you beat the crap out of me. Congratulations, Heather. That Mississippi education system. Hell there we yeah, go. <laughs> uh, Heather. Heather McMahon. Yeah. Thank you so much for being you here. Are you are the amazing. best. You're you're the greatest. And your podcast. Absolutely yep. not. Please, everybody listen to it. It's hilarious. Um, and thank th- you for being thank here. Thank you for bringing attention to an issue that so many women out there are dealing with. Um, you know, you sharing your stories and all the hardships you went through, it's not for nothing. It, it yeah. helps a lot of people. So thank yeah. you for that. Well, listen, thanks for giving me the platform to talk about it. And I think more women need to be open about fertility and start talking about it while you're young. Mm -hmm. Um, Because next thing you know, you know, sometimes people don't have an option. So we got to be positive about it. But y'all, thanks for having me on. This was a blast. Thank you, sweetie. You're welcome, Heather. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye, Bye, Beth. Bye. Bye, y'all. Have a good one. How great is she? What a joy. So freaking funny. Oh, man, I love this one. This was a great one. Yeah, smarty pants. Smarty, smarty, smarty pants. And the journey, God, I don't know anything about the egg stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's mind-blowing that you could just do all of that outside a body and then stick it back in and grow a human being. Like, that is crazy. It happens, right? And you can, like, choose. Like, she has a girl, and, you know, some people can, they might have multiple embryos, and they can choose, do they want a boy or a girl? I mean, it's just wild what we It also solves a lot of intimacy problems. Anyway, so, (laughs) (laughs) guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. Until next time, don't worry. Be healthy. Bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.